Right, so if I'm 5% crocodile, it's okay. But if I'm 5.1% crocodile, then I've, I'm over the mark. Yeah, that's right. That's where the line is. Uh, so if, if you're 95% human yep. um, and only, only 5% crocodile, uh, then you can still vote. Uh, and you can still um, drive a car. So that even that that point so. one crocodilia genes, yeah, they count. Yeah, I know it didn't because yeah. I'm five percent crocodile because of my mother's side of the family. Lots of lots of reptiles on that side. Yeah, look, I didn't write the rule book, you know, and it is arbitrary. Uh, I will I will agree with you there, um, but don't shoot the messenger. Uh, the thing is important that we have there has to be a rule. To stop people who are, you know, whose DNA is, is you know, more than 5% crocodile. Look, I, I do have scaly skin. Yeah. Very scaly. Yeah, that's true. I, I do make a lot of puns. <laughs> Mostly, see you in a while. Yeah, yep. And being snappy. That is a good one. Both of those are excellent. <laughs> excellent choices. <laughs> but if I, if I go that point, point 0.1% too far, yep. I get my voting rights rescinded. That's right. You know, and that's important for you to think about um, for your kid as well. So make sure that you get uh, Maria DNA tested as well. <laughs> Um, she seems she seems like she's probably not a, a crocodile, crocodile. A crocodile, probably. I can't tell though because you know they're sneaky. You know who I blame for this? Mm. My almost non-voting rights, Steve mm. Irwin. I'm going to get him. I'm going to. Oh, that was good. I see. We um <laughs> we took him down years ago. <laughs> my uh my associates in the Stingray community. We um. <laughs> Yeah. The, the Stingray community sounds right. like some kind of car enthusiast yeah. club. Yeah, yeah. We made him an offer he couldn't refuse <laughs> by stabbing him to death. So I was thinking that, like, the best kind of safari park you could have mm-hmm. like the best kind of animal you could hunt yeah and it's not I know they're fictional okay but those that, that little dude from E.T. the extraterrestrial oh the, the namesake of the movie himself oh Mr. E.T. Mr. E.T. Edward, yeah. Edward T. <laughs> it's not Mr. T is it <laughs> that, that, let's hunt Mr. T <laughs> that would backfire drastically I don't, I think, I'd I imagine think, I think he would probably you know get hold of the gun and turn it on us <laughs> And then very, would, very quickly. He would pity us for being fools and it would be humiliating. <laughs> we would be very pitied indeed. <laughs> a pitiable situation. But the, the little dude from E.T., right? You'd think, ah, he's an easy mark. You can get him easy. Mm, you'd think so. But he's intelligent and he's yeah. got telekinesis. Yeah. And give him a bicycle mm-hmm. and he might be almost impossible to catch. Well, he outsmarted all those FBI types with their handguns or walkie-talkies or whatever. <laughs> walkie-talkies. In yeah, the... it's hard to shoot an E.T. with a walkie-talkie, I, I I'd, I'd give it a shot. I would probably throw it at him, actually. <laughs> Just club him to death with a walkie-talkie. I mean, he waddles, but, you know, if you, if you have enough stuffed toys, he could... Camouflage himself in that. <laughs> okay, this all started because I thought I just wanted to shoot ET. Just <laughs> you still do. I actually yeah. I am old enough to have seen ET in the cinema. Really? Yeah. Wow. I mean, I, th- I think when I say that, I mean I th- back in the eighties, mm. uh, films are on in the cinema a bit longer than they are now. Like if there was a really good movie, they would keep it on for a bit longer. Like mm. you know, they were still showing Star Wars. Well into the 80s in, yeah, in some places. I want to say that's true. I, I can't specifically recall, but I think that, that makes sense. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I didn't see E.T. at the movie. I saw it, I saw it on you know, VHS or whatever. But uh, yeah, that film um, that was a film, wasn't it? It's good, but it's not great. So yeah. I don't know. I've had no urge to rewatch it. No. Um, 
So I don't know what that means because I, I because because if you see like you know E. T. the the lovable little alien guy, mm. and then you see something like you know as a as a uh, prepubescent boy, you see oh, I don't know aliens, mm. Mm. Uh, you know sequel to Alien. Yes, you're not going to want to go back and see E. T. the lovable little alien. You you want hardcore yeah. space marines killing. Yeah, I want chest bursters. And I want uh, people deciding to separate to find the alien because that's smart. Uh, we'll split up and find the alien in this big ship. That's a good idea. That's a very good idea. Uh, Splitting up in any yeah. horror or science fiction situation. Yeah. Oh, there's a darkened room with flickering lights. I'll go in there. Yeah. Uh, so that that's what I that's what I'm into more than more than a little lovable sort of pot-bellied guy who wants to phone home and uh, you know. You want to shoot him now too, don't you? Touch people's fingers and things. Touch people's... You just made E.T. sound really creepy. It's like, that guy's a finger toucher. Ew. Yeah. It is creepy. But uh, no, I haven't seen it since I was 10, so I, my memories of that film are like... It's it's like snapshots. Like, yeah. Um, you know, yes, the finger touching scene, the bicycle scene, um, him phoning home, um, something to do with school. I think he had a blanket over his head at one point. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know much about that film... Um, I could probably try and tell you what I think happens in that film, <laughs> but that'd probably take a whole podcast. So <laughs> yeah. not, it's it's actually not, not that interesting a film. Is okay. Here's my here's my like one minute summary of this film. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Et comes down to Earth and yep. uh, he doesn't know where he's from. He knows he's from somewhere else. And uh, then he finds a kid. A kid finds him or something. And a kid takes him home like like you do with a dog. Um, <laughs> he hides him from his parents like you do with a dog. And then he has to take him to school or something. And then he can't take him to school. And then um, someone finds out about Et and they calls the government. And then the government comes to get him and he tries to phone home at some point. And then at some point they go on a bicycle ride and they fly through the sky because Et's magic actually and he's not actually an alien. He's always actually a magical fairy. And then um, he goes back home at some point and um, the kid. Cries and stuff, but it's all good because ET's safe, and he says goodbye, and kisses him, or something at the end, and everyone like, cries. Yeah, I mean that's really not accurate, but anyway, <laughs> you know, you know who dobs him into the government? Mm. His mum. Oh, the snitch, snitches the get snitchy. stitches. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's in the director's cut. Yeah, they all <laughs> just goes wild with a baseball yeah, bat. They, they 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 wake her they wake her up in midnight and just beat her with phone books <laughs> in her bed with phone books. <laughs> <laughs> Or sacks full of doorknobs or something. <laughs> I'll call I'll call you home, fucker. That's right, no, it would be like no, a real prison weapon would be like a bar of soap in a sock or something like that, wouldn't it? I don't know. I've never been to prison, but I assume that's what they do, is it? <laughs> beat with the bars of soap in socks. Well, I just like the idea of like E.T. like sack beating someone. <laughs> hey, you bad person. <laughs> oh god, E.T. I don't know, I haven't thought... I, I saw it when they re-released it in 2000 with the walkie-talkies. Oh, the walkie-talkies like, version, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't, like... I think they added, like, a couple of extra scenes and it wasn't... Yeah. There wasn't... There, you didn't need to add anything to that film. Mm. It didn't really need Just to like be re Just, like, ten minutes of Jar Jar Binks dancing for some reason. <laughs> which made no sense because he's not even in that movie. To me. <laughs> like, a completely different, like, <laughs> director and producer. <laughs> and, like... It's just they're, really they're not related at all. Yeah, but, uh, you know that was really weird. Late nineties, yeah. early two thousands, very strange time. Yeah. <laughs> so keep an eye if you if you don't know what I'm talking about, you have to rewatch it. <laughs> so go and do that. And I then... don't think you really need to rewatch. No, no. So like, yeah, he gets left behind, mm. and then you know he invents a contraption, finds the boy. They go trick or treating. They both get sick because they're 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 synchronized for some biological reason. Mummy um... calls the government. Uh, everyone, now he dies, come back to life, just like a certain Jeebus Christ. Ah, okay, so he's like Harry Potter. 
Kind of, yeah. Or Jesus. Yeah, whatever. Interchangeable. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's, it's got the same difference, really. Um, <laughs> there, there, will, there will be a time yeah. in the future when, you know, like several thousand years, when mm-hmm. those two, when all of these stories will just get mingled up yeah. and Christ will yeah. be drawn like with a lightning bolt scar above his, yeah. on, his on his forehead. I think, I think that would be a very appealing religion to a lot of people, actually. <laughs> That's, that um, is probably how you could actually get more followers. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not an authority on these things, but maybe that's the direction the church should go in. If they want to keep it, if they want to keep the young people interested, you know, uh, that might be that might be a good option for them. So Justin Timberlake. Yeah, about him. I wanted to- you. You were berating me before the show. <laughs> you took me aside and you were saying, Andrew, we need to straighten this out. <laughs> I cannot believe you were saying that on because I I was a special guest yeah. on uh, on Cody Goff's um, podcast mm-hmm. Game Life Guiden. Yes. He called it Game Life Balance Guiden, which is wrong, Cody. Uh, God, get it right. <laughs> doesn't Game Life Balance Guiden doesn't make sense. <laughs> it, it literally the sentence doesn't but make game sense. Life game Guiden, Life Guiden clearly. Yeah, it's a game or life side story. Yeah, there's no balancing there. It's, yeah. it's a side story. It was yeah. it was a game guide. I, I made fun of him for that and he yelled at me back <laughs> on Twitter he was like all caps yelling uh, at me he does that yeah I know he's it's a very good. irate person actually. oh yeah very 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 yeah I don't know that's how he gets his hair like that <laughs> so he, he we reviewed Zelda uh, it was me and uh, another Gunna Geek uh, Gunna Geek network member Chris Chris Farrell I believe Chris Farley Farley Chris Farley rest in peace he came back for one last one last uh, oh jape <laughs> You ruin everything, Rob. You ruin everything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I was a guest star on that, uh, and we were talking about that, and then they were. <laughs> Sorry. And look, the the problem was that they were talking a lot about uh, Americans, and I don't really know much about American pop culture. Mm. And they mentioned someone called Justin T- Tim 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 Timberlake. Timberlake. Oh God, don't make this worse. No, look. All I was going to say was that. Okay. All, all Let's wanted, sort this out on air right now. I want to clear this up. I want to clear okay. this up. So, Andrew confessed on air that he didn't know who Justin Timberlake was. Which is fine. It's totally fine. I think that's fine. That's fine. What I want to make clear is that that the fact that Andrew doesn't know who Justin Timberlake is doesn't mean that all Australians don't know who Justin Timberlake is. It's just just Andrew doesn't know. And that's because he's... He lived in Japan for a decade. And he missed out on on the golden years of JT. He he, he didn't know... Do people really call him JT? They do. Oh, God. They don't know how Justin Timberlake brought the sexy back. What a poof. They don't... And, you know... And so the sexy for Andrew has never been brought back. (laughs) As far as he knows, the sexy's still out there somewhere waiting to be brought back to us. I am the sexy. So he missed out on all that that good stuff. (laughs) He didn't actually say bring the sexy back, did he, he? He He did. I believe I believe his a single and possibly an album was named about was was had something to do with bringing back the sexy. Oh god! And uh, and I think I threw up a little in my mouth. For all intents and purposes, he succeeded in bringing the sexy back to us. So, and so the point is, just don't don't necessarily (laughs) assume that AC is a a good sort of test case or example of an Australian. I mean, I think you're a very Australian person in a lot of ways. You're um, belligerent. You're drunk. You um you fly off the handle really rapidly. All three usually, and, and you have a lot of extreme conservative views. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and I think you know for all those reasons you are you are a model Australian. So but- here's the thing. Okay, I was not really into popular culture before I went away to Japan. Mm. If if I learned things, it was through you know 
Osmosis. Osmosis. Mm. And I was about to say obmosis. Ob- Obstetricianism. Obstetrician, yes. <laughs> Obstructed bowels. But <laughs> that's what I'm, I'm guessing that's what the JT gives you. <laughs> if you cast JT, see a doctor. So he was... Um... <laughs> Sorry. Look, okay. So that's the problem with all of this. Like, I wasn't a good student of this stuff. I never read tabloids. I didn't keep up with yeah. gossip. I'm not a gossipy person. Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, if I learned something like that through osmosis, mm, mm. you know, it was that there was a person who existed called Britney Spears. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think I knew any of her music or anything like that. Yeah. And it was just the way that I lived my life. And yeah. that was fine. That's totally that was absolutely fine. fine. That's fine. I mean, like, I'm completely out of touch now. But then I went to Japan yeah. and the, the kind of pop culture they have over there, mm. idols and idol groups like Morning Masume and AKB48 are possibly the worst things to happen to humanity. <laughs> <laughs> yes. War, famine, plague, death, all pale <laughs> in significance to J-pop. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is pretty. It is pretty awful and, stuff. And I learned um, because they play it all over the place. And each store in Japan has their own kind of theme song. Like every department store, every kind of chain store, uh, you, you you walk in and it has their own theme music. Okay. And you can two things can happen. Number one, you can let it drive you nuts. Mm-hmm. Number two, you can learn to tune it out and ignore it. And I did that so well. Right. That I absorb nothing anymore. <laughs> Not even through through osmosis. It's just yeah. I know nothing about popular culture because yeah. I don't care to. I don't care. Yeah, I think you might be. You might possibly be the happiest person. You know, for that reason. <laughs> yeah. Um, because popular culture is 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 really stupid. Um, so I learned that, yeah. that Justin Timberlake. So I got his name written down here. Uh, I think it's pronounced Timberlake. <laughs> okay, Timberlake. Wait, <laughs> I hope I believe you for a second there. Um, he he was part of the he was he was the he was he was a part of the um the trash street kids or something you, you kids on the block <laughs> he was part of the garbage pail kids yeah <laughs> you yep. kids on it's not you kids on the block it's one of those the back street I think kids he, I think he was I think he was a back street boy or or no I think he oh no no he was no. he was the, the guys on the Simpsons. Yeah, no, what were they called? Engage. N- N-sync. Engage. Engage. <laughs> yep. I always said engage. Yep. Yes, the Nokia Engage, he was all part of that. Nsync. Yep. See, I don't know. I mean, I'm struggling to put this together as well. Yeah. But I think he was the one He was the one from Nsync that actually had a career after Nsync. Ah, okay. Um, right. Other than sort of, you know, like cable TV, stuff like that. Um, yes. So, look, and, you know, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that it's important or even a good thing to know who Justin Timberlake is at all. I just want to make it clear that AC's general ignorance of, of like popular culture doesn't mean that all Australians are ignorant of popular culture. No, no. A lot of Australians are quite into popular culture. Yeah, like my wife, for example, even really follows our... the gossip news and yeah. all that sort of stuff. Like, And she makes me feel really old and really out of touch constantly because she'll reference people or talk about people or, you know, watch award ceremonies and things. And, and just I have no idea who any of these people are. And, um, uh, and she's the one who kind of keeps me... Like you know, through her, I keep in touch with things. You know, only because I have a relationship with her. <laughs> like, so, uh, I would be completely lost, just like you, actually, if not worse than you. Um, if if uh, if I, w- I wasn't married to her, so I, there's no judgment here. I just wanted to make that clear. Yeah, fair enough. That Australia is part of the general global Western English-speaking culture more so than you would think if you just talked to AC. Um, no, that is true. Yeah. But it's also funny because like when mm. you brought up. I'm struggling to remember her name. Um, a couple of episodes ago, you were talking about oh, a famous singer. Oh, um, uh, Blondie McBlondface. Yeah. Uh, Taylor Swift. Taylor, yeah, okay. 
Taylor yeah. Swift, and then like I didn't really know who she was. Mm. Uh, I'd heard the name, I think. Yeah. And and then you you got up at me and you're like, oh, you don't know who that person is. You suck. And then you couldn't even name one of her songs. Yeah. Oh, so you're just as bad as me. Yeah. You just know the name. She did that. She did that song. I'm Taylor Swift, and I'm. <laughs> did I'm you get, really? And I'm getting jiggy with it. I know that song because that was in that was in an episode of Daria. Yes, that's right. And boy, did he get jiggy with it. <laughs> la 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 la. Yeah. Copyright. <laughs> that's right. We get a copyright strike not, for that. We, we can't get sued for that because you only sung like a second of the song. I think that's all right. I think it's okay. I think it's okay. Oh, it's a I cover. Just, it's a cover version, people. It's a loving it's a parody. Homage. It's a parody, exactly. <laughs> I am a parody. Yeah. yeah. I am a parody of a good um, podcast host. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you're very, you're very good at parodying. It's a very funny parody. Yeah, this uh, is all satire, everyone. If you didn't realize this whole podcast is, is a joke. I can't imagine that. Yeah. Ah, you know, after 200 episodes, we can't just say, ha, ah, it's all on you. This is, this is basically like a joke on like how bad pod- video game podcasts actually are and how like hobby podcasts, how bad they are. So, <laughs> so we're, we're playing characters. AC and Robin aren't real people. It's kind of true in a way because we... Mm. Okay, so what I did recently... My name is Dean Tipplesmith. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I can and I'm imagine an actor. That. I'm an actor from the Gold Coast. Um, Tipple Smith. Yeah, that's right. And I, and I, and my friend AC is actually um, a really really good female voice actor. Really good. Really good, mate. You know, like like Simpsons level good. Well, maybe not that good. <laughs> uh, like like I was about to say, here's my real voice, and yeah. then like do an impression of a f- of like any, but it would just <laughs> it would sound like one of the Monty Python characters. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. I didn't vote for you. It's funny how like I was thinking about this the other day, um, because my wife did an impression of me, and it made me think about how how funny um, the genders are when it comes to impersonating the opposite gender. Yeah. So like the, when when women uh, put on a man's voice, they always use this particular like this particular like really deep voice, and they make us sound like really stupid. Basically, it's like. I gotta drink a beer and watch this football and play my video game. That's basically that, how we, that is how we talk. Yeah. That's exactly us. That's pretty. Yeah, I mean, what I did then was actually, if you, if you, to be clear, I was just like doing a really good impression of AC. Yeah, basically. Um, and but you know, when men do an impression of women, it's something like something along the lines of this. It's like, <clears throat> see if I can get this right. It's like. Oh, my makeup and my dresses and my shoes. That hurts my ears. Yeah. I, I like things that are not fun for men to like, like <laughs> colours and hair styling. You sound like you sound like Mickey Mouse getting an enema. <laughs> like, oh, don't go back in there too far. <laughs> you might find racism. I feel so light and free now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh no! I think I lost three pounds. Mickey Mouse doesn't have three pounds to lose. Yeah, yeah. I don't, have anywhere, I don't have anywhere to go with that. I'm just agreeing with you. No. I just... Just, so, just, having, just thinking of a hand mm. right upside Mickey. So what because I'm, there's got to be out of that on the internet somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Although it was, uh, I just wanted to make the point. I think it's funny how sexist men and women both are in a way. Like, we both have very caricatured views of, of the opposite sex. And um, I, think true, that's, yeah. I think that's funny. I think, yes, like, generally speaking, society does favour men pretty strongly. But, but, like, on an individual level, I think it's fair to say that men and women both tend to have a kind of like a cartoonish like view of each other yeah, in a way yeah. like um yeah i just think that women mm. and this is no joke are pretty much superior to men in every way 
Yeah, look, I after you accept that fact, it's a lot easier to live your life. Yeah, they're not as good at killing people or inventing <laughs> nuclear weapons as us. <laughs> inventing nuclear weapons. Give them time. Yeah. They'll, they'll find a much more efficient way of killing people. Yeah, when it comes to like bringing misery to the world or like eliminating our enemies with ruthless efficiency, <laughs> I, think, I think we're better at that. I don't think we're even that efficient at that anymore. But I think we've gone soft, Rob. But I think women can eliminate their enemies well as well. I mean, the, you know, this, we don't have a monopoly on eliminating our enemies. We're just the ones historically have done it a lot. I think they're more insidious sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, like so we were talking before about how we're basically caricatures of ourselves. Yes, AC and Rob. Yes. Um, I actually went back last weekend. Mm-hmm. I had a bit of free time. This is before the family came back and watched some of our old shows. Uh, our old YouTube show we did called Bit Seizure. Oh dear. Oh dear! <laughs> I'm not going to say it holds up well because it didn't hold up well at the time. It barely. <laughs> it was basically held together with like newspaper and bits of string. <laughs> but it was, it was still funny. Mm. But it was what was the funniest part for me wasn't mm. us playing video games because that went on a bit. <laughs> right. So the whole the whole purpose of the show was no <laughs> good. Was, yeah. was, was the central idea was the no good. central idea of like us doing let's plays mm. and talking and making fun of the video game. Yeah. That's funny for about five minutes. Yeah. And then there there are large swaths of us just like going, Oh yeah, now we'll do this. Oh yeah, no, 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 do this. Mm. So it's kind of like if I had edited that down, it would have been really funny. Mm. But I was lazy and yeah. didn't. But the skits, some of those skits that we did at the start of every episode, they were gold. I like to think of them as sort of like like a really good version of the f- the kind of thing you would do in high school with a video camera, you know, like it's kind of like if 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 you were 16 years old um, and were given uh, you know a digital a digital camera and told to make a sketch, um, we would be like the top of the class for that 16 year old. Like again, <laughs> for like the limited imagination and budget that a 16 year old has, I think I think that's where I'd put us on the scale. So um, do you ever go back and watch them? Have you ever no, gone back and uh, I watched some. I want to say like early 2016, yeah, like January or so 2016. I, I, that was the last time I went back and had a look. So we didn't do any in 2016. No, no, no. I'm saying that was when I oh, last, that's when you looked last okay, right. looked at, okay. at, at at them. Um, and I thought they were they were okay. Yeah. But I actually I actually enjoyed the um the let's play stuff more than the the sketches. So I, I don't know what that says about me. Maybe I'm just more self conscious than you potentially. Yeah, um, I don't know. Like because we had some good specials there as well. Like we actually had a, a professional. Video producer, our friend Ben in Sydney, yeah, helped yes. us a lot. Like uh, with some of the more complicated, you can definitely we tell the ones that Ben helped us out on. <laughs> you can definitely tell, and we still get uh, views on that channel, and we still get people subscribing, just despite the fact that we ended it. Like we actually had a definitive ending to that. Hmm. Yeah, which I think I think that's that's nice. It's um, just interesting to go back and see your old stuff sometimes, and mm. as much as I, I find it weird to say we've. Ma- not matured, but we've advanced a lot in a, in a way, I think. Like, yeah. the way that we present ourselves and the way that we talk <laughs> about things. Yeah, we're well, actually a little bit more formulated now, I suppose. I did, I did just make a long-running joke about, like, having extreme right-wing Christian views about <laughs> g- gay female crocodile priests or something. So, I don't know if I've necessarily matured. Yeah, but we wouldn't have had running jokes before. Yeah. Um... We just would have said, hey, hey, crocodile. I will say one thing that hasn't changed from then until now Mm. is that I still almost immediately regret everything I've done on air. (laughs) Almost immediately. (laughs) So that that is still the constant theme for us. When you're editing this stuff, because half the time, Mm. whenever we say something really offensive, 
Yeah. Um, and I got to say, like, 99% of that actually does make it to air. Yeah. Um, like, the really offensive stuff we say, like, the necrophilia stuff last episode. Yeah, that was not... That was ill-advised. <laughs> you... Whenever we turn it off, I laugh. I cack myself silly. And you go, oh, God, Andrew, I really need to edit that I out. Think this That's is so the, stupid. This you never the, do. This is the toxic nature of this podcast. Because, like, at the worse it gets, the more you enjoy it and the more I hate it. <laughs> and, but the more you enjoy it, it, it means that you'll never let me... St- You'll never let me stop making it. So, <laughs> so the worse it gets, the happier you are, the unhappier I am, and the less likely it is that I'll ever be allowed to stop making it. That's- so I, we're headed to, you know, this is basically a fireball <laughs> that's just going to eventually just, just hit hit something solid and explode, and yep. everyone's going to be injured by it. We're gonna be, we're, we're heading towards um, peak Game Life Balance Australia. Yeah, that's, at some point we'll, we'll hit peak. Well, there will be a line that we will actually cross. Yeah. Rather than flirt with. Yeah. But, but okay, so that's an interesting question. Am I holding you prisoner? <laughs> Am I actually uh, forcing, making you do this? Am I, like, emotionally blackmailing you somehow? I don't think, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> like, this is a really serious question for Maybe you. I am. Wait a minute. Hmm. <laughs> this will be the last episode of Game of Thrones. <laughs> I don't know. I think, look... Uh, no, I, I enjoy doing this show. I, I, I do. I do. I do, I do do a lot of things that I regret. I'd say a lot of things that I regret. Um, but maybe that's good that that you're not getting a censored version of us. Um, maybe that's a good thing. Um, I think at some stage in the future, this show will have to come to an end. But I don't think we're at any. I don't think we're near that point yet. No, we're near. And I don't. And I don't think. And I don't think that that it could be ended by anything that we say. Because I think if you listen to the show long enough, you realize that we're just a bunch of idiots and we're just, we're just saying things that we think are funny. You couldn't possibly um, take anything we say seriously. Yeah. And, and if you, I mean, yes, there's a big potential that people who could get offended by that. But I think the kind of people that would get offended by this are the kind of people who are offended by lots of things and spend their life kind of in a constant state of being offended. Um, and I don't, we're not setting out to like trigger people or anything. We're not that kind of person. We're not, we're not sitting out, we're not sitting there like tenting our fingers and going, how can we like upset people with like frog based Donald Trump memes? We're not that kind of, we're not that. We literally bad. say the first thing that comes into our heads. Yeah. Like, and that's. Sometimes that's ill-advised. We're not like antagonistic no. MRAs who are trying to like, like you know, poke you in all your like emotional pressure points or anything. You- We're just a couple of chuckleheads <laughs> that turn on a microphone like once a fortnight and say whatever the heck comes into our minds. And um, some people seem to like that and, and, and download it and listen to it. So, um, well, I think it's interesting because like yeah. you have fun doing it at the time. Yeah, and I think you enjoy putting some sort of creative, having some sort of creative outlet. Mm. As do I, definitely. Yeah. But I don't think the, the podcast is going to end anytime soon. And even if it did, I'd like to think that we would do something if, you know, less often mm. together. We'd still work together in, in some aspects or something. Yeah. But I, it's just funny to think that, like, I'm ba- I'm basically emotionally blackmailing you. It's like, <laughs> well, you can't. Don't, don't leave me, Rob. Otherwise, I'll be all alone and I need someone <laughs> to help. Not you. <laughs> Who am I going to podcast with if it's not with you? I probably would podcast with someone. Yeah. Yeah. Some some other amateur out there. You would? Oh, boy, I've gotten out. <laughs> um, For a second there, I thought yeah. you were almost jealous. I was thinking, I mean, like, you know, this is probably a weird thing to bring up, but I was thinking perhaps around the time when I launch my business next year at some stage, be around the time where I start thinking about wrapping this thing up. No, 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 no. Um, because no, I, just don't no, think, no. I just don't think I'll have the energy or the time to do it. But I think we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Like, if it becomes apparent that I need to, that I need to stop doing this, it'll probably be less about 
like me being afraid of upsetting people and more about just that I just literally cannot do the show anymore, like physically, you know. Um, but so, in that case, you know, if it yeah. really came down to it, mm. the question would be, would mm. I shut it down? Mm. Would I change the name? Mm. Or would I bring in another host? Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, there's always potential for you to, like, replace me with someone. Yeah. Like Rob 2.0. <laughs> Some, you know, someone uh, smarter, I, smarter I, sexier, and even more religious. <laughs> Tony Abbott, ex-Prime <laughs> Minister of Australia. Right. New. Known sex symbol and hilarious comedian, Tony Abbott. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's a lot funnier than me. Or funny looking, anyway. Z. I don't know. Who would I replace you with? I don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't, I, I, you're, you're irreplaceable. Oh, thank I, you. I will say that you're irreplaceable. Thank you. That doesn't mean that I wouldn't replace you. <laughs> you would just you would just deal with it because yeah. I I want to keep going. I want to yeah. keep doing something. I need a creative outlet because mm. I know what happens to me if I mm. don't have a creative outlet. Because I used to do this comic strip called Torture Hammock. Yes, and that is what happens when I don't have a creative outlet. <laughs> yes, let's make sure that doesn't happen again. <laughs> it was this horribly violent, very poorly drawn cartoon strip I used to do in about 15 minutes every day mm. and it was it went to some strange strange places yeah it was kind of it was kind of very Dada-esque and violent and, um, <laughs> very, very Dada-esque like, I wonder what a psychologist would say if they looked at that <laughs> they'd have a field day and I'd be locked up yeah but right. look I don't want to sort of talk about the demise of this podcast no I think, no I think no, that's no. a while it'll, it'll go for years to come uh, but I yeah I think at some stage I'll probably have to um, move on from this but um, I think that it will become apparent when that time is because of just the pressure that, that I'll feel, I think. Um, I reckon either of us having one more baby would probably be the nail in that coffin. Yeah, probably the nail in my coffin. <laughs> um, yeah. I really don't want to... I, I love my baby dearly, but I don't want another baby. Yeah. It, it's much more difficult for us because we have less... We don't have a lot of room. We mm. travel a lot. Mm. And uh, May, because of her condition, needs a lot of special attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it wouldn't really be fair on May if we had another baby. We, and even if we had another one, we, we don't know what the chances are that that one would be blind as well. So. Well, this is the thing, you mm. know, and you have to sort of weigh all these things up. I think, um, like, there's part, of, there's, there's part of the human brain that tricks us into having children, you know. It, I've never been tricked. I was tricked by my wife, <laughs> not by my brain. Well, there's a sort of party that goes, oh, I'm sure it'll be fine. And oh, God, it's definitely not fine. Um, but my, my <laughs> brother and I are 36 mm. and 33. I'm 36. He's 33. Mm. And my parents still, I think, don't think it's a good idea to have two. <laughs> We're all growing up with our own jobs and moved on. But yeah. no, there's still something that is going, that was, just wasn't a good idea, was it? <laughs> We're still feeling the ramifications of this to this very day. Yeah, yeah. I think I was talking about this similar thing with my wife the other day. How, like, um, um, you know, there's... It's it, it would be very disingenuous, I think, for any parent to say that um, having a kid was like 100% positive for them. I think, I think there is always a sacrifice that is made. And some people make a big sacrifice and some people make like less of a sacrifice, you know. Um, for example, if you're, if you're rich enough to afford a nanny that can like look after your kid like 24 hours a day, then, you know, the sacrifice you make is, is, is less substantial. Mm, kind of minimal. Um, but it's still there because you, you know, you have to, you know, give birth to them and then have some responsibility for them legally at the very least. You know? I know. I um, sacrificed my body. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. But like, to me, you're still beautiful, Lisa. <laughs> you know? Um, and I think you, these are badges of pride that you wear. <laughs> that you have. Uh, me and my big beer belly. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> sorry, you just derailed me there. because <laughs> Thinking about you with like with stretch. Do you want another one? Is, do you, did your brain try to trick you now? Um, another one? No, I, we've discussed it a lot. I think we've we've 
my wife and I both feel like it definitely not a good idea right now. Mm. Um, it may be in the future, but um, you know, and saying this is probably going to like mean that the next podcast I'm going to tell you that my wife is pregnant. <laughs> that's how things work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There'd, there'd be an um, there, yeah. but um, yeah, I don't think the time is right. I don't want to write off the possibility. Um, but uh, yeah, we've got too much. We've got too much stuff going on um, at the moment to 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 really. I think you're another child. I don't. I, I my. How do I say this? What I would like is for if if we do have another kid, for my my reaction upon finding out that my wife is pregnant is to be a positive reaction. You know. Yeah. If it's a negative reaction, that's an indication that you probably shouldn't have another kid, right? Like if if you sit down and imagine what would it be like for me if my partner, wife, girlfriend, whatever, came up to me and said. I'm pregnant. If your if your thought if your first thought is oh, great, then you should probably have a kid. If your if your first thought is that oh oh god oh, oh no god no then don't have a kid. I think you know? that was my reaction the yeah. first time, even yeah. though like <laughs> yeah. that's that was the whole goal. Like that's what we were trying for, but yeah, I don't know. Like yeah, I'm a man who really likes his free time. Yeah, and yeah, so that definitely was about it. For and us they, and children are time burglars. Yeah, they are <laughs> time thieves. They really, really are. Yeah, yeah. Like I love, I love being a dad. I really do. And like, there's moments like today where I was lying on the couch and Ruby was like napping on my chest. It just felt so good. And like, I just felt like nothing could be more perfect than this moment. But then there's other times where like, you know, you've changed your baby's nappy like ten times in the last hour, and and she's like screaming at you because she wants to play with like the most expensive thing in the house, and you and, like she'll just immediately break it. And, um, like, your tears streaming down her face because you're so cruel to not let her, like, touch the, you know, the extremely electrically dangerous, sharp, pointy thing that will kill her instantly. <laughs> um, they got to learn something, you know, Rob. Um, and your wife is, like, on the, on the couch rubbing her forehead because she's got, like, a splitting migraine and, like, the house is a complete mess and you're covered in poo and, like... Those are, those are not the moments where you're like, this is a great idea to have a kid, you know? And every parent will have those moments where they go, why? Why did we It's a good question. Do this. Like, why? Why did... Like, I don't think that the human race really needs to continue. I think we had a good run and yeah. I think it's it's time to say that we gave it a good shot, but it's not yeah. really working out for anyone in particular, really, I is it? I think we hit our peak around 85. <laughs> you know? Back to the Future came out. It yeah, was a good year. Like before, it's all downhill from that. Right. Like around about the, the, eight, you know, the middle of the 80s boom and like before climate change became a real problem. Was probably the peak for us. New, you new know. romantics were in. Yeah, you know, that, that style of music was awesome. Yeah, yeah. And uh, before before um, grunge and things <laughs> came along, God, hated the nineties. Um, all right, so all right, well, let's steer us onto a different track before we take a break. We'll take sure. a break soon. Okay. But before we were talking about celebrities mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and how little we know about that world, but which celebrity would you actually want to meet? Like, do you actually have someone you would want to meet? Or like a, like a real bona fide celebrity? Yeah. Like, like someone that everyone someone knows. famous that everyone knows. Who would you want to meet? Mm, I don't have anyone. I don't have anyone top of my top of my head. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, probably. I don't think I need to meet. That sounds really lame. If you gave me time to think about it, I could probably come up with someone. But top of my head, no. Because I, I, think, I think they would probably not want to meet me. And... <laughs> And I would know be, the feeling. And it would be awkward and weird. Um, and I don't necessarily want to... Um, I don't really have any idols or anything, really. Like, my first thought was, well, who's my favourite actor? Or who's the actor that has been in the most films that I really love? And that would be probably Harrison Ford. Yeah, I was about to say. But I've seen Harrison Ford interviewed, and he's kind of a weird, grumpy old man these days. <laughs> and I don't think... And I think he would be, he would be like, not happy to talk to me. 
I think he would be like, go away. <laughs> um, like, I have better things to do than speak to you right now. Um, and I don't want to have that kind of interaction with him, you know? So, um, you know, yeah, I just, I can't think of... Would you even want to ask him anything, though? Like, if you met him... No, what would I ask? Some like, question? Did, did you like being Indiana Jones? Like, you probably go, no, I hated it. I hate you. I hate everything. Yeah, like, what was it like working with Carrie Fisher? Like, you, you know what I mean? Like, this is just stupid question has been asked a thousand times before. And I had always asked. There's always one question that I'd mm. ask any, any movie celebrity mm. is, did you swipe anything from the set? <laughs> That's a good question. Because I always want to know the answer. Yeah. Like, did you did the, did, the, did he like go home in uh, in Indy's hat and he has that <laughs> sitting on a mantle somewhere? Because there must have been a few of those hats. He must yeah. have taken one. Yeah. That little gold idol. Did he think, hey, there's something I might like, and just kind of you know stash that in there? <laughs> What's and- weird is that scene was actually just him stealing the idol. <laughs> That whole thing was just hit, like that was that was uh, videos. Steven Spielberg's garage. <laughs> That's right. They just they just like quickly turn the camera. He's stealing. He's stealing the idol. Just quickly turn the cameras on now. <laughs> you, can, you can hear Spielberg offset saying, "Hey, my fertility idol, give that back." Yeah, I need all the fertility I can. Oh God. And the 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 Indians were just like the, like the the video crew. <laughs> that's, that's, it's a lot cheaper to film things in the third world, all right, people. It's just a lot of what you don't have to pay. That's them. what I do. That's that's no unions. <laughs> You know, that's where I do most of my filming. Just go to the South American rainforest and just, you know, round up a bunch of, of uh, Indians and get them to, you know, just teach them how to operate a camera. It's not, it's not rocket science. <laughs> and with that, we'll take a break. <laughs> God, exploiting Indians. <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb here, and mm-hmm. I'm guessing you've been playing a game. <laughs> yeah. A game called Player Unknowns mm-hmm. Battle. <clears throat> yeah. F- field? Battle. <laughs> battle. Battlegrounds? That's right. Battlefield ba- Battle Arena? Quake? You've been playing Quake. You've been playing Quake without me, you bastard. Uh, hey, I, I love my <laughs> rocket jumps, baby. <laughs> Can you rocket. No, you can't <clears throat> rocket jump in that game. No, well, not in Player Unknowns Battlegrounds. <laughs> you certainly can't. You could try, I suppose. <laughs> You could try. I don't even know they have rocket launchers. I don't think they do. No, I've never seen one. Coming up in DLC, perhaps. But Yeah, I've been playing more of that. I did, prom- I did promise last uh, episode that I would try and play some um, some co-op battlegrounds. And I did. I've been playing um, a, a number of times, a few nights actually, maybe three or four or more nights over the last week or so. Um, playing with uh, my old mate, Nath. Um, oh, playing, really? Playing battlegrounds. Um, in the the duo mode, so there's how three... have you guys been going in that? Uh yeah, pretty good actually. Really? Yeah. Well, he's been play he's played more of the game than me, of course. So he's been giving me pointers. Yeah. And I've learned a lot from him about sort of so... how the game works and tactics and stuff. You're like his that. apprentice. You might say, yeah, you might say. Um, I, oh, I'll say it. I'll come out and say it. you are Nathan's apprentice. Yeah, I'm like his number two. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, it's good. It's been really fun actually. Playing it, playing it with another person is, um, I think, more fun than the single player. The single player is still good. I've always thought of you as a number two. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Because I am. Oh, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> so yeah, no, I've been playing this the the, uh, the duo mode. There's also the um the four player mode, which I, I haven't really had a chance to mess with part every now and then I think I should hassle AC to get this game and then we can like how much is it? Uh, like 30 bucks US or something like that 
Um, and then we have to find some other poor chump as well. Mm. Um, and then we could all get murdered together <laughs> and, and all lose at the game together. In one I bit. like the idea yeah. of that in yeah. theory, but the, the practicality of getting you and Nath and mm. me online all at the same time yeah. with enough free time to be able to do that mm. would be the kicker. That might have been more viable like a month or two ago. Yeah, yeah. Now definitely. it's kind of like a bit difficult, mm. but, um... Yeah, so playing it in, in in co-op is a bit of a different experience because, um, well, you've got someone else with you, so uh, you're a bit less um, a bit less nervous, I guess, because there's someone that can potentially watch your back, like quite literally. Mm. Um, but if one of you dies, it's not the whole squad's not out of the game, right? Yeah, that's the that's the cool thing. So when you die in the single player, like if you lose all your health, you're dead. Yeah. But in the multi in the co-op version of the game, um, if you, one of your teammates gets gets killed, they just go down, and they have a second health bar that comes up, and you have to sh- you have to reduce that health bar, that second health bar to zero, for them to actually be dead. Um, when they're down, they call it down is the term they use, um, you can crawl around, like wounded, yeah. and one of your teammates can come up and revive you, but reviving your teammate takes about 10 seconds. Ooh, and so you're it, probably out in the open or yes. somewhere as well. So it so exposes they, you a lot. Is there is there some uh, kind of time when you're down and you will actually become dead dead? Or can they revive you like after five minutes or something? I think or? you can... I th- there, there might be a bleed out. Uh, to be honest, like I can't say for sure whether whether there's a bleed out at, um, a mechanic or not. Uh, but yeah, like you can crawl around for quite a while. Um, and one one smart potentially smart move is is to um, not immediately revive your teammate, but actually sort of um, use them almost like bait. You know, because if someone's down, if you've downed an enemy, it'll tell you you've you've downed you know so and so, and you'll realize oh they aren't dead yet. Okay, I've got to finish. I've got to finish the job. Um, and they'll come looking for you to sort of get that kill mm. uh, because you don't get it doesn't count as a kill. You don't get any like bonus points for downing someone necessarily. You have to actually got to finish the job. I think that's the case. So you certainly get a lot more points for killing them. Um, so, uh, but yeah, down you know, reviving someone definitely exposes you a lot because um, that ten seconds can feel like an hour or something if there's enemies running around nearby. Uh, that's 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 a fun sort of you know mechanical difference in the game other than that you can you can cover more ground with two people so you can you can you know search for example at the start of the game you can both um run off and search different houses and things so you you can loot a larger area and check a larger area if you split up but obviously splitting up means that you're more exposed so sticking sticking together um is definitely i I suppose that's the whole thing isn't it you kind of want to be like a military unit Mm. yeah you you kind of want to be your own team, right? Mm. So splitting up is is basically like the horror movie thing all over again. Yes, yeah, it's, it's that like we were talking about earlier. Like, yeah. let's split up. That'll be a great way to find. The it's enemy. not a great way. Yeah. Uh, so we tend to stick together. Although, so what's the yeah. highest rank you've come so far in the duo mode? Yeah. Um, last night we came in the top ten. Oh yeah. Um, and we were just very unlucky that um, I think uh, we got we just got caught in the open, unfortunately, and um, we had two different two different like other duos like shooting at us so um it was difficult to kind of uh, uh defend ourselves at that point you know when you when you come up against one other group of people or like you know team of people um you know it's sort of like a a fair fight but if if you happen to be sandwiched between two different teams that can be that can be very difficult to deal oh, with and we were out we were crawling through long grass so we didn't have much place to hide so once you've been spotted i mean crawling through the grass is a very good tactic because you're very hard to see but once you've been seen um, you've got zero cover and yeah. you're very, very um, exposed. So, 
Um, but we have had some 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 good laughs, and I got a, I got four kills in one game playing oh, that's with good. playing with Nathan, which was like the highest uh, number of kills I've gotten in, in a game. Um, Has Nathan ever won the chicken dinner? I don't know. I haven't asked him. I think he's. I think he he may have won. He's definitely ranked ranked highly. I have to ask him actually mm. next time I play. I'd be I'll, interested to know. I'll probably play with him again um, over the course of the next week. So I've still another week of, of leave ahead of me. We should say um, at this point that we're recording a week early here. Yeah. Um, mostly because, and we'll get into this a little bit later on, but I'm going to Sydney next weekend. Yeah, so we had to record a little a little early. So I'm yeah. still on leave right now, but um, definitely enjoying it. And that game is um, still a heck of a lot of fun. And we're finding new things. Like uh, we found, like, uh, uh, sorry, Nathan showed me... Um, this uh, whole part of the map that I hadn't seen before, which is this this tunnel system that you can you can discover. It's like a series of system of underground bunkers that I really I had heard of, but mm. I hadn't I didn't know where to find it. Um, but he showed me where the entrances to this this lo- this location. There's about three entrances to this bunker system, and it's very it changes the game a lot because you know from being this outdoors you know fields and forests and and villages sort of you know experience where there's a lot of long range combat a lot of you know shooting at people from a very great distance um in the tunnels it's it's really up close and personal yeah. you know and that's where weapons like shotguns um become you know really really useful um and it's very it's very very um um chaotic um and you and being aggressive really so helps you know it's interesting yeah. because like while all this is happening above ground, there was probably when we were playing, there was yeah. probably this whole other other thing happening underground. Yeah, uh, yeah that we had no idea about. Yeah, and yeah. Like, we were seeing the counter tick down, but not hearing any guns or anything. Mm. We we're going like, "What's going on?" Yeah, potentially that could be some people underground yeah. having a having a duking having it a, out. Yeah, yeah. So they don't. It's a shame they don't extend across the entire island. They're just this, this sort of this area in the middle of the map, from what I understand, roughly. Um, but it's very tense down there, and people tend because it, there's a lot of high high ranking gear there. People tend to sort of flock there a bit, ah, okay. so so it's also a trap. You can kind of you 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 will you will often encounter other players there. Um, and we had some 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 laughs recently. Like we headed there and we found there were about like six other people heading to that to the tunnels at the same yeah. time. Um, and we 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 landed like a little bit like seconds after they had, and they got into the tunnels first. This this one group, mm. and we were like, okay, should we go in? And and Nathan found a pistol. I had nothing, and he had a pistol, and and I was like. Fuck it, let's just go in. So we were like, okay, we'll do it. We'll just run in and like, and he was like, you just be the bait. So I ran in first. I ran in first with nothing, yeah. you know, and just ran into this room and they were, I was like, yeah, there's definitely people in here. We're talking to each other on Discord, which is like a chat, yeah, a chat yeah, yeah. program. And um, um, yeah, I ran in and kind of stirred things up, stirred up the pot a bit. And then he came in with a pistol and like headshotted a dude. And, <laughs> and it was, it was really fun, like being that aggressive and that kind of, um, did you, did you die pretty soon after that? Well, I, I died in a kind of a funny way because um, we he killed one of these guys. I ran into the room. This guy was like looting stuff. He did not expect it. He did not expect us to run up like that. I think yeah. he thought that we would chicken out and, and go elsewhere. Yeah. No. <laughs> so <laughs> I ran I ran right up to him, tried to punch him, and then ran around this like block, you know, boxes and hid in, in this in this room. And he was trying to shoot me and, and Nathan killed him. His friend um, was <clears throat> hiding behind another set of boxes. And uh, I threw a Molotov cocktail at him, which is the one weapon I managed to find in the room that hadn't been picked up already. So I threw this Molotov cocktail at him, which set fire to a large area of <laughs> the room. But he didn't get hit by it. He was like hiding right, right next to the yeah. fire behind this box. And I was like, he's stuck there. Like you can go kill him now. And Nathan was kind of like, I think, being a bit more um, deliberate or careful than me, and wasn't like immediately running up on him. And I was like, fuck it, I'm going to run up there and scare him. And I ran up to him with, again, with nothing. Yeah. And he just like shotgun blasted me to the chest and just down I went. <laughs> and 
Um, but it was fun to like be that bold because I think this game tends to breed a lot of caution. Yeah, and a lot of, even in me, and yeah. I'm usually guns are blazing kind of guy. <laughs> I reckon I would like to be the guns are blazing kind of guy. It's yeah. just, the problem with that is that it's it takes so long to get into a game. Well, not that yeah. long, but yeah. to, to to get the setup, you know, and then you're you're in the lobby, and then it starts, and then you parachute to the ground, and it's that time where something is going on, but it's not necessarily action that breeds the fact that I don't want to get shot in the first five seconds because then I'll just have to go do it all over again. Yeah, if it was like instantaneous, you're back. It would be more guns blazing. Yeah, I think. definitely, and I think I think that that time wasted is the punishment for dying, really? Because yeah. you, you can get back... There's always, like... There's lots of servers, and you can always get back into a game pretty quickly, but you have to wait for the the lobby and then the parachuting, and then you have to sort of, you know, skirmish up your... You know, scavenge up your, your loot. So um, it does make you a bit more cautious than you would be in a game like Call of Duty or something where, you know, when you die, you just, like, click the mouse and you're back in the action again. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, like, so it does tend to make people cautious but what i found recently and i'm going to try more is that because of that um people don't know how to deal with you when you're being really aggressive Mm. they freak out because they're not used to someone running up on them like that and so i feel like i feel like like speed and aggression are actually really useful tactics you know just just that's basically my yeah. diet is yeah. speed and aggression. Like you don't have to actually be very good at shooting, but if you run, I'm right also up, not very good at shooting. If you like run right up at someone and empty your machine gun into them, like they're gonna die, and they and they usually won't know how to deal with that because they've been used to people like mm. you know hiding on a hill and like taking pot shots at mm. you, um, having someone run right up at you and 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 try and shoot you. Um, I think it would be very intimidating and 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 confronting for for a lot of people. So I'm gonna try doing that a bit more. And see how that works out for me, um, because I'm I'm keen to play more, and I'm really keen to get good at this game. And this is the trap that you fall into with multiplayer get, games: yeah. is that you want to, you don't want to just be bad at it. You want to get good at it, and that takes time. So I have been playing. I've been focusing on this game pretty much exclusively over the last week. I haven't played much of anything else, which is a real danger for me because you know then Fallout Four might um, you know go on the back burner a bit. Um, so. I have to find a way to balance my Fallout 4 with my um, with my Player Unknowns Battlegrounds. We'll figure out how that works. Maybe I'll report back in in a couple of weeks' time with them. Um, yeah, I'd be very interested to know about how. Um, just pouring myself a drink. No, that's fine. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> very very loosey goosey here on uh, on mm. stream of nonsense. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I just find it I find it fascinating. I because I don't usually get into uh, let's be frank mm. uh, online multiplayers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I go. You know, I've Played, I've played my fair share of Quake and Doom back in the day, mm, which mm. was the 90s, let's yeah. be honest. Yeah. Um, but the thing is that, and even back then, it wasn't really online, it was LAN. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when you actually had to physically transport your computer somewhere mm-hmm. to a local access network, yeah, a local yeah. area network. Right you bring now. your computer into your friend's house and lug this big tower Yeah, yeah we used to have LAN parties. I yeah. used to love the yeah. problem. So LAN parties where everyone would bring their computer. It was fun. It was great. Mm. Uh, but there'd be always like those two or three people who would spend the time not gaming, but leeching all of the stuff off you. Yeah, just downloading all the videos yeah, and, and stuff. Yeah, and it's like, no, no, man, we're <laughs> to play no no man I just, that's the only reason why I came I don't want to play with you it's like oh, we're not going to invite you next time yeah. like, well I've got your stuff anyway yeah yeah. nobody so, wants to play with you kid you're a loser <laughs> yeah no land parties I spent a few good um, 
I think I spent a couple of New Years with Nathan um, with our computers hooked up doing lands. Pretty and stuff cool. Like that. And yeah, it's so fun. I just don't play those sorts of games. This is the kind of game that I've played and I'm not good at, but I'm not terrible at. No, like I'm good enough that I can survive a little bit, and I could see myself. Oh, I'll do that differently next time. Oh, I'll do that differently next time, and I could see myself falling into that trap. Yeah. But at the moment, like I have no monies, <laughs> no monies at all. Yeah. So. I am afraid that uh, being part of uh, Nathan and, and your squad... Joining the squad, yeah. ...is not going to be an option. Like, even if squad. I had the time, yeah. and you know, which would be at night, mm. and, you know, I might have a time every now and again to do that. Mm. I don't have the money to buy that game at the moment. Yeah. Turns out families, expensive. Yes, they are. <laughs> Funny you should say that. Because so, I'm on leave right now and I'm running out of money in a yeah. big way. Yeah, um, me too. So yeah. basically, my family has come back. Yeah, that must be awesome for you. Yeah, it is. It is really, really good. Mm. Uh, I was uh, so they came back about this is Sunday, I think. They came back on Thursday, so about four days ago. Yeah, uh, we've actually done quite a lot in those four days. Cool. Um, when I saw them at the airport, um, Maria and May were very happy to see me, and yeah. everything was going well. Mm-hmm. But as soon as we got May home, mm. uh, and she realized that this would be where she's staying now. Yeah. Uh, she freaked out. Yeah. And yeah. she would not let me hold her. She wouldn't uh, explore the area or climb on things, as w- mm. which is what she likes to do these days because yeah. she's crawling. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she was just so clingy to Maria. Mm. Um, every time Maria, like, left the field of presence, like, yeah. uh, kind of the field of view, she's blind, but, you know, you, you get the idea. Yeah. She, uh, May would freak out and just start crying and crying and crying. Mm-hmm. So, for the first, like, 24 hours after they got back, yeah. she was, like, really, really clingy. I couldn't even hold her, which was, like, such a... Uh, just so hard for me because I was waiting months and months for them to get back and for your daughter to go, I don't remember who you are. Get away from me. Mm. Ah. Yeah, that sucks. Um, yeah. She's she's okay now. She's back and she remembers who I am and she knows the tricks and everything and she's getting used to the house. Um, hmm. Oh, that's good. I think there was a bit of separation anxiety there as well. Yeah. I think she may have remembered who I was, but she freaked out because I just wasn't there mm. for such a long period of time. From a baby's perspective, it's like, why the fuck weren't you there? Like, mm. I... From a baby's perspective, I have no good excuse for that. Like, I had to come home and, like, pay a mortgage. Yeah. Like, that, that's not a good excuse to a baby. Yeah, yeah they you don't know? understand the concept of mortgages. <laughs> no, I don't even understand the, the concept of mortgages. And I have one, a large one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so after they've came, they've come back. And I, I was being pretty responsible with my money mm. um, for quite a long time. Mm. Um, but about a week before they came back, I had a whole bunch of bills to pay. Yeah. And I paid those bills, and then all of a sudden, uh, and I hurt my knee as well. Mm. Um, I'm mm. not sure I mentioned that last episode or not, but uh, I was on a walking stick for a little while because I pulled a ligament, and, and then which meant that no buses because it's really cold in the mornings, and I'm very slow. So I was driving to work and paying for parking and yeah. like more petrol because my car is a massive gas guzzler. Mm. And mm. all of a sudden, I was like zero money. Mm. It's like it was just, and then my wife came back and it was like, we're now a fully back to being a fully single income family, mm. like with more resources being drained because there are more people in the house. Yeah, you know, yeah. buying more food, buying more, you know, more stuff for the baby. Yeah. And, you know, using more on utilities like electricity and water. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, all of these expenses have skyrocketed mm. and i took a I took um about five days off work two days and then we had uh, a long weekend so yeah yeah to spend with them so it's now the sunday i go back on the tuesday mm. 
which has been really good. But, uh, you know, it's also been expensive just being at home. And, like, mm. we have our savings. But yeah. We don't like to use it. Yes. Uh, but it's slowly, ever so slowly being whittled away. It does happen. Yeah. Uh, by the fact that I, you know, have been spending just money on, like, not even luxuries, just, like, essentials, basically. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I haven't really been buying anything for me or anything. Like, mm. and I, I didn't really buy a whole lot when they were away either. I was yeah. trying to be sensible. Mm. And then just in the last month before they... Last couple of weeks before they came back, it just... It all went to hell. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I kind of regret almost finishing Zelda now. <laughs> <laughs> because mm. I had this brilliant 100-hour game and I was so determined to finish it before they got back. And I did. Mm. But now I've finished it. And now I don't. I can't afford to have, buy another game. <laughs> <laughs> what am I going to do with my Switch now? Yeah, and I've, but I've got a whole garage full of games, so I shouldn't complain too much. But um, There's always that urge when you've got a new console, though, to, like, you know, use it and, like, you know... Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, yeah. I do want to buy a lot of first-party Nintendo games, but they're so expensive in australia there's not i mean the thing is there's not really a lot of switch games out at the moment really. no the launch no. library is not that it's pretty thin yeah pretty thin on the ground uh yeah. a, a, a good friend of of mine jack um i think he listens to the podcast okay. i'm pretty sure he does uh he's he's a, an avid retro gamer in in, in canberra mm. uh, and he was very generous and gave me a 50 dollar uh, JB Hi-Fi voucher. Ah, very good. Very uh, good. And I'm savoring that. I don't know what to get with it because I'm like sitting on it going, ooh, I mean, I'm, I was thinking I would get uh, Mario Odyssey mm. because I'm definitely going to get that. Yeah. Or maybe Splatoon 2. That might be a really good Switch game as well. Yeah, yeah. Could be good, you know, for like quick kind of matches on the go. People like the first Splatoon. Yeah. And then, and then maybe one of those two and then... but. You know, ARMS is getting a lot of good press at the moment. and oh, I don't know, but I want to save it. I want to savor that so I don't have to pay as much. But. Yeah, yeah. Hang on to that. Maybe like maybe it'll become a bit clearer to you what your next game will be yeah, in a few weeks' exactly. time or something. Because like the Switch market, like there's no secondhand games so far per se. So. Yeah, yeah. It's very it's, it's in its infancy. So that was a difficult sentence to say. Mm. It's in its infancy. <laughs> it's a lot of eyes. It's in its... Yeah. Uh, uh, so, yeah, basically, as far as... My, like, it's great having my family back. Mm. Um, it's really, really good. Uh, I'm getting used to them being at home as well. That's a bit of a, a weird thing. I know it sounds weird. It's like, oh, my family's back in my house. But, but you know, my baby's still getting used to the house. And I'm getting used to them being here. Mm. And I'm still, like... Because you, when you have a baby... Yeah. What you got to remember is that you grow as they grow. Mm. You... When th- you figure out new tricks and like new ways to play with them, mm. you utilize those skills yeah. and then you keep playing with them and you figure out things that they like, they don't like, mm. uh, and you grow with them. Yeah, you that's know? true. You, you kind of adapt to what their level they're up to. Yeah, yeah. I hadn't seen May in two months. So you had to sort of figure out like... Yeah, and yeah. so I have a deficit of like all the old tricks I was using don't work anymore. Yeah, yeah. Because I didn't grow and evolve at the same way she did because yeah. we had an, like just a piffy little like camera phone to talk to her. Mm-hmm. And she was more interested in the fact that there was a bright glowing object which she could barely see rather than the voice coming out of it. Yes. So I couldn't really play with her and, and playing is a baby's occupation effectively. Yeah. So 
you know, I'm still playing catch up and uh, all these old tricks of like, you know, like biting her hand and stuff, which sounds funny, but like uh, I I make the Jaws music. Yeah. And then I go, and she used to love that. Yeah. And now she finds it mildly amusing at best. Yeah. It's like, oh, all my tricks have gone. I don't know what to do. So I'm playing catch up on the last two months. I can kind of relate to that in the sense that Meg has more time with Ruby than I do. Mm. And so she knows more about ruby than i do and like she, like i'll say oh have you noticed how like ruby does blah 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 and she'll be like oh yeah yeah she does yeah exactly like for you it's just a very extreme version of that because where you've just you just have not had that intimacy with her yeah um, which is what babies need yeah yeah know, especially from parental figures at this stage mm, that must be tough i think i think given a few weeks you'll you'll figure it out i think so yeah, yeah. it is a learning process for me and it was I gotta say, emotionally exhausting in the first twenty four hours of like yeah. really good to see them, then also like this really bitterly like depressingly heartfelt kind of oh my baby doesn't want anything to do with me right now, she's so wary of me, and I was like oh this this it's get those things that you used to have in high school mm. emotions mm. yeah those yeah. things those things came back again I remember those. <laughs> Yeah, it's like oh no, what's this thing in my chest? It hurts. <laughs> it hurts being human. Uh, I don't have a soul, yeah, but fun. now I have one, and it hurts. Yeah. So it was, it was it was quite difficult for me. Um, yeah. It's it's getting a lot better. Like she'll play with me and stuff, and I can pick her up. And oh, that's good, you know. But she also doesn't like men. Like she only likes you know talking to and being held by women for the most part. Mm. I think just because of where she was in an isolated region for the past. Yeah, like six months effectively. Yeah, with Terrico and and Maria, like both yeah. both female, obviously. And, yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think Ruby had a little bit of that of like preference for women. Yeah, um, when she a lot was of babies do around apparently. that age. Mm. Yeah, like I think she found. I remember thinking because she would respond to um, any woman that came up to her, like random woman, like strangers. She would react very positively to, but um, a strange man, she would be like, "Oh no, I don't, know. I don't know about this guy." Yeah, you know? um, a bit dodgy. Which might be just some sort of survival instinct from like our caveman days or something like that, you know? It could be. Where you see the, you know, the aunties and stuff would take care of the mm. the baby, but then the males the are kind strange of strange like, man comes like in, yeah, potentially like a stranger, mm. like from another tribe or something, might not have your best interests at heart, you know? Mm. You know? So maybe it's a bit of that, but but obviously, again, it's it's more extreme thing with you because of um. May's experience over the last few months. And yeah, and she's changed and she's grown. She's crawling now. Mm. Um, she she, That's cool. she can't walk, but she uh, props herself up on she's things. She's pulling up on things, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, which means I've had to baby-proof a whole lot of shelves and stuff like that. I've noticed the place does seem a little bit tidier and not this sort much. Of, yeah. yeah. It's still quite dangerous for a baby in here, mm. and we, we probably need to work on that, but... As long as you're sort of supervising her, it's fine. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, like our our house is like so barren because of because of Ruby. Yeah, it is, and yeah. I like having stuff around. So yeah, it's, it's a bit tricky, but we'll get there. So it was, you know, it was it was it's really good to have them back, and I'm getting back into the yeah. swing of things now, which I'm, is a shame because I've got to go back to work very soon. Yes, because I'm finally getting back into the way this is what it's like to have a baby again, and now I've got to go back to work and. Mm, mm. Uh, so I um I haven't been playing many games mm. because they came back you know like four days ago. I did play more Zelda after finishing it. I did mention that I had finished it. Mm. I ha- I keep going back in there. Okay. 
And I don't have a good reason to, really, but I just like the game so much. Just the force of habit. I mean, there's always that. There's always something else to explore or find. Well, yeah, I mean, like, I've only still done 20% of the game, and I keep doing the little side quests. And it's funny, every time I talk to someone, mm. they go, oh, you got to find this shrine, and then it says completed. Mm. Like, oh, i already done that. Okay. <laughs> Cash that in. Yeah, yeah, and there are side quests, and then I want to keep doing the side quests. It did. It did occur to me at one stage... Maybe I should find all, um, um, what is it, 120 shrines. Right. But some of them get really esoteric and aren't really worth it, I think. So I was thinking maybe not. Mm. So I'll see how I go there. But I do want to keep playing it a little bit longer. Mm. But, uh, you know, the the buzz has definitely worn off to a certain extent. Do you feel like after having beaten Ganon, like your um, motivation for the game has dropped a bit? It has dropped a lot, yeah. Yeah. But that doesn't mean I've given up. It just means that when I play, I play without any particular goal in mind. There is that that, that little, little bit in the back of your head that goes, Hey, hey, dude. Hey, psst, psst, psst. What if you get the DLC mm. and start on hard mode, hey? Hey? <laughs> start all over again, yeah. yeah? Yeah, or just start a whole new game, knowing you know, knowing what I know now and like you know, how quickly could I do it next time? Yeah, but that's not really a good idea either. I don't think it's interesting because I remember like I mean, other open world games, um, like Skyrim, obviously is the is the like, one that people compare this game to a lot. Um, you know, there's a lot of reason to keep playing the game after you've beaten the main story mm. because there's other quests that are potentially quite challenging other than the main quest. So once you've beaten, you know, the main story of Skyrim, there's still plenty of things to do and, and enemies to fight. They'll be quite high level. So that urge to like, oh, I need to get better armor, better weapons. I need to level up. There's still a reason to keep doing that because there's always a, a tougher enemy around the corner kind of thing. And I'm wondering yeah. whether with Ganon out of the way... Are there any like big challenges or big enemies out there that you feel like, oh, I need still, I still need to level up to there be able to beat that guy? There are some big enemies, but mm. after I beat Ganon, I went back and I there were a couple of enemies, the Lionels, mm. as I mentioned last podcast, were like this really annoying and really tough enemy to beat, which mm. were like um, centaurs basically. Right, right. And I just kind of bomb arrowed the shit out of them, and that was fun enough. Mm. And then there were these big lumbering monsters. I can't remember what they're called. Um, where I just went in and I beat them as well. Mm, mm. Quite easily, actually. Because I was kind of running away from them a lot of the game. But uh, And I found some of the more difficult quests. And I know that there are some side quests that I should go back and do. And I think I might go and do them. But I've, I'm really not going to play it every day like I used to. I think if I started a new game, I might do that. Mm. New Game Plus might be a bit too much for me. Because I'm just not that good at this game. Yeah. As much as I enjoy it. But... I'll see how it goes. I think I'll see. Like, before I was very on on the edge about whether I would buy the DLC or not, mm. I seem to be edging towards it a little bit more <laughs> now that there's nothing to do and I really love the game. Yeah, yeah. But maybe I'll just keep playing and see if I have that motivation. I mean, you've got, like, over 100 hours out of this game. So oh, yeah. I feel like you've definitely got your money's worth. I got my money's worth. It's never really about the money with me in these games. If I paid $80... Hmm. And mm. the two-hour game that I played was one of the greatest experiences of my life. Yeah. I wouldn't care. Yeah. In fact, I'd be probably be quite happy that I finished the game in that amount of time. I don't think I'd feel ripped off because I'm I'm time poor. Yeah. I'd go, oh, yeah, that was an awesome experience. I might do that again one day. Mm. Uh, retro games, because they're of their repetitive nature, mm. I don't finish them so much, but I do play them. Yeah. Which is a, a, a bit of a dichotomy there, but I, I like doing it. Yeah. Well, I think, honestly, I, I just feel like... Um 
you've had a you've had a, a really good time with it. And if you're feeling like, well, maybe there's not much more for me to do, I think that would probably make sense given the amount of time you've spent with it. So, yeah. um, at some point, even with games that you love, there comes a time where you're like, oh, maybe I'll come back to this later. Yeah, um, I mean, that's the thing is that like with Skyrim, which you know there there, there are apt comparisons there. Yeah. The thing about Skyrim is that it has a big modding community. Yes. It, it, you can mod the shit out of that thing. And it has been modded so heavily. The version that we played, mm. uh, where I punched the dragon to death. Yeah. That was heavily modded. We went through a list of about 20 mods, which you added to that. Yeah, to, I think that was more help, like 50 or something. Yeah, yeah to help the huge. experience. Yeah, yeah. And you can't do that with Zelda. I mean, it's a near-perfect game, pretty much, for what it is. Mm. But... That being said, you can't do anything. You can't add anything. The only the only available mods are the DLC, which are officially released Nintendo titles. Yeah. But so, yeah. you know, really that will be... You know, that's up to Nintendo's whims rather than, you know, the modding community, which I would be fascinated to see what the community could do with a game like that. If they, yeah, if, if there was an ability to mod that game, I think it would, it would be amazing. But, yeah. Um, I think it's, it's kind of cool in a way that... It's just an interesting time to be alive where we're comparing the latest Zelda game with Skyrim. I mean, that's cool because to me, Skyrim is like one of those like examples of a really huge, really impressive open world game. And I never would have thought that Zelda would come into the into that ballpark or be, be something that you could directly compare with Skyrim and say, well, here are the things that Zelda does better than Skyrim and things like that. Because, I mean, obviously Skyrim is one of my favorite games of all time. Yeah. Um, I'm just really impressed with Nintendo and I think this it just makes me it gives me a certain feeling of respect for first party Nintendo games that I haven't had for a while you know like I know they do good they do good work yeah I'm not saying they don't do good work but I think this is them breaking the mold and trying something different um, and trying to do something that Western games have been doing for a while now in a Nintendo way. And actually, like in in many ways, doing a better job with it, and and kind of showing up a lot of the genre's flaws by how they've how they've implemented um, um, Breath of the Wild, like things like the environmental aspects, like cold areas, hot areas, etc. Like, yeah, that's something that really should have been in Skyrim already. I mean, like that that whole game is set in like a frozen wasteland, and yet you can walk around in a bikini and you're fine. And like, I did just seeing, yeah, you did, <laughs> and just seeing that that mechanic. In, in Zelda and how they implemented it and the way that it forces you to make decisions like wear different armor and that sort of like, um, you know, the uh, risk-reward aspect of, well, if I wear this armor, then I'm weaker, but it helps me get through the cold area. Like that, That's very smart. And, like, it just shows up this these flaws in the way this genre has been, has been um, um, developed up till now. I really think that Western developers should look very closely at... at Breath of the Wild, and 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 think a lot about well, what does an open world game look like? I think now, like it's not you know I don't think anything in in Breath of the Wild is particularly new. It's not groundbreaking because what they yeah. did was that they took a whole bunch of other concepts from a whole bunch of different games, yeah. Japanese, American, and mm. they put them together and they said this is the game we want to make, and they refined it. Mm. And that that ref, um, that process of refining all of those ideas into what they wanted to do made it a truly magnificent game. Yeah. You know, it, as I said on uh, on Cody's, it's a, it's a system seller. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, like, and there's some things... That may, I think what, what comes through for me with that game, just from watching you play it and hearing people talk about it, is I think they play-tested it a lot. 
Oh and, and my I think god, they must have playtested that thing for years. Because because there's things where like things work in that game mm. in a way that you want them to work, which to me is the hallmark of like a thoroughly playtested game. Like if you come across a wooden structure that's blocking your way, you can just burn it down. Yeah. Fuck that structure. It's gone, you know. Yeah. And like other games would just be that would just be a roadblock to you, a complete roadblock even though you've got like, you know, a tinder box, a whole lot of torches, a can of gasoline. <laughs> You know, like you can't you can't get past mm. it because the game designers haven't built that system there into the game. There are numerous ways you can get past traps, yeah, and, and challenges in that yeah. thing, and it you feels can, right. You know, you can yeah. use the physics engine, so you can stop time. You can beat a rock, and then the rock will fly off in the air when the stop time mechanic has ended because mm. of kinetic energy. Yeah, yeah. If you hop onto that rock, you will be flung with the rock. Yeah. It's like basically like a, a big fast travel system. It's just awesome that the game does all of that. Mm. And I think that in particular is what I mean when I say I think other games need to learn from this game and, and try and not steal ideas from it, but just, just you know, go along with oh, the Oh, no, they should steal. I, honestly, um, the thing, what people forget though, it's mm. a first party Nintendo game, which means that they literally had years and years and years to mm. develop playtest and get it all right yeah i can't think of any other studio on earth mm. maybe maybe Beth- i don't know like bethesda's kind of like this they get things out and they patch it later on yeah and, yeah. Like, and the modding community does a lot there so maybe not them mm. but like the amount the sheer amount of effort to get this world right because it is a zelda game mm. and you know they weren't gonna add too many patches later on it has been patched a couple of times yeah but they wanted to get minor a thing day yeah. one they wanted it to be awesome yeah and they've succeeded in that and i just god like you know when you come across a locked chest in a game and you're like and you're like oh i don't have the key like and you sort of think to yourself well i've got this massive battle axe why don't i just smash this thing open <laughs> oh it doesn't work you know and, yeah. and and it just upsets me that games don't allow you to have more options to like deal with problems like that and it is part of it's one of those things of game design it's just you know it's a way of forcing you to go look for the king and forcing you down the path that the designer wants you to follow and a true open world game like the true sense of the phrase open world would mean you should be able to solve that puzzle in any way that seems reasonable yeah whether it be through problem solving or sheer brute force which is what I do a lot of the time why not drag the chest back to town it might take you a while Mm. and then get a blacksmith to just like melt the lock you know you know something like that right like why do we have to look for the stupid key why do we have to like you know find our way around the barrier why can't we smash the barrier down why can't we climb up the tower and come at and go right to the boss instead of having to go work our way up from the ground floor and that's the thing um, like and zelda isn't a flawless game like we, no. i have gushed about it for several several episodes now. yeah yeah but it's not flawless it has problems mm. but they're so minor when you compare it to the breadth and the depth of of the gameplay and mm. and the world itself like it is a big world i haven't explored everywhere yet mm. There are still several things which I really should concentrate on finding before I give up completely. Yeah, yeah. So, with that said, I should probably stop talking about Zelda. Maybe move on to another yeah. game. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm interested to see how ARMS goes. I never really found the idea interesting. But mm. now that they're trying to add characters and add different gameplay elements to this, I kind of went, huh. I probably won't buy this arms game for Switch right out of the gate, but I am getting more and more curious yeah. as to how the game will actually play and whether it might be my sort of thing or not. Because, hmm. you know, now that I've got a Switch, I want to get more games yeah. for the Switch. Yeah, yeah. 
All right. So, well, maybe your mission now is to um, find a different game to play yeah. and report back um, on, on, on on what that game is. Uh, well, I have been playing a lot of uh, Mario Kart Eight as well. Okay, the new, the, sorry, the uh, the the uh, Switch, the Switch yeah, edition. Yeah, yeah. 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 So another couple of things I just thought I'd touch on. I'm going to Sydney next weekend, which hmm. is why we're um, recording early. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm actually going to the Supernova Comic Convention or Pop Culture Convention. I think it, they really rightfully kind of call it. Right. Uh, I'm uh, going as a guest of one Ben Woods. A oh. guest. I say guest. I mean, he invited me. He said, hey, you want to come? And I said, yes. Mm-hmm. It's not like he's going to pay for my ticket or anything like that. <laughs> But uh, I, um, I I have been to these things with Ben before, and it's been so much fun. I really enjoyed it. And there's some great guests this year as well. Okay. Uh, there's uh, Chris Lloyd from Back to the Future. Ah, fantastic. Yeah. And I, I don't want to be insensitive, but the guy's getting old. <laughs> <laughs> he's healthy, but he's old. And yeah. I kind of wanted to, you know, I wanted to, you know, shake hands and maybe get a, a, an autograph of this guy. Might be one of your last chances to maybe, yeah. see this I'm guy. not sure if he's got a lot of traveling left in him. I mean, mm. he, might, he might live to be 110 for all I know. Yeah, but, who uh, knows? Yeah. 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 Uh, and a, a fan favorite of Ben and I, uh, mm-hmm. Dean Kane from Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman. Oh, who very good. Ben and I have a particular fondness for is going to be there. So sure, okay. Really want to see him as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, this has got a whole bunch of interesting guests and panels and stuff like that. And Ben is an artist, so Ben usually goes there and gets his... Um, his portfolio critiqued uh, uh, by a bunch of, uh, you know, uh, established artists. Yeah. Kind of, uh, you know, well-known people in the industry. For him, this is like serious business. It is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I pretend like I'm some sort of important person standing behind Ben, like I'm his manager or something like that. But I'm really no one. I'm, I'm absolutely no one. You're the muscle. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I'm like, but Ben's like bigger and stronger than me. So really, I, I serve no purpose whatsoever. <laughs> But I'm looking forward to it. Uh, uh, mm. Maria and May are going to come with me as well. Okay. I'm going to stay in Dremoyne, which is where Ben lives. A very nice area. Nice. Um, a clear view of the harbour from where they live, actually, which is mm. a very beautiful yeah, area. It's too rich for my blood. No. They keep thinking they're going to get the bums rush. But mm. uh, apparently, you know, they they keep paying the bills, so they're allowed to keep staying there. <laughs> so it's a... It's a it, I'm really looking forward to next weekend, you know, getting out of Canberra for a little while. It's mm. a little cold here at the moment. It definitely is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Those heating bills are going to be painful. Painful this year. Uh, God. Yeah. All right. Well, that sounds cool. Um, I look forward to hearing your tales of... Yeah, um, I'll, I'll have to... See how it goes. Like, this mm. is all theoretical, i got to say. Like, anything that happens with Maria or May or myself, if one of us is sick or, you know, because of the cold weather or whatever, mm. you, you know, the whole trip will get cancelled like that. Yeah. That's the problem there. So, yeah. But I'm hoping it'll all go to plan and I'm hoping I'll be able to go. It'll be probably an incredibly expensive weekend, but I'm I'm looking forward to it. You know, okay. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, to seeing Ben again as well because I just don't get the chance to see him so much these days because he lives in Sydney, I live in Canberra. Mm. So other than that, like that's kind of my life at the moment. The family's back and I'm I'm enjoying that more than anything else really. Cool. Okay. Uh, the other thing I just wanted to touch before we before we end, I know you want to end. No, no, that's fine. I did I just did want to touch on something. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of jailbreaking my Wii. Ah, you criminal. I'm going to report you to the authorities immediately. <laughs> Dear Nintendos, <laughs> I have known list of the bad man, Yoshimura-san. <laughs> That's right. There's a guy here who wants to break his Wii. I want to crack that son of a bitch wide open. I'd be like, the Wii? That's old hat. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they'd say. 
but basically- no, they would no, they would send men in black to your house to <laughs> shoot Nintendo you in the face. Men in black. That's right. Yeah. Um, yep. It's a me. Hire <laughs> the goons. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, so yeah. basically, that means Miyamoto that- would just come into your house with a machine gun and just just cut you. In he half. would he would make a good gangster. <laughs> Give Miyamoto like a fedora yeah. and that wicked grin that he always yeah, has when yeah. he's announcing new products yeah. and a Tommy gun. <laughs> Man, I could see him in New Donk City right now. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> so, yeah, I just wanted to mention that briefly because I keep, I've had this idea in my head mm-hmm. for about three weeks. Okay. And I put a shelf up above my uh, TV in the bedroom so I can actually put stuff connected to the TV in there. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I want to break this thing wide open and put some emulators on there and see what I can do. Maybe turn it into a DVD player. Mm-hmm. And apparently you can jailbreak your Wii U like a matter of three minutes or something. Right. And I just haven't done it yet. <laughs> I don't know what it is about it. Yeah. Like, my, I don't use my Wii. So mm. I don't know whether I should be, you know, have more trepidation about this or maybe that's what's stopping me or mm-hmm. whether it's just the inertia of the project. But I just... Haven't gotten it together to jailbreak that thing, crack it open, and see what I can do with it. Okay. Well, it'll be interesting to hear if you if you manage to um to get that to work, or potentially yeah. you know just fry the darn thing. Um, because I've always been I've always been like very very nervous about the thought of, of of doing things like that because of the potential for you to get like a vi- you know download a virus by accident or or you know um uh, break just make the thing like a brick you know like that uh, has occurred to me but if there is any console i own that i wouldn't mind bricking mm. it's probably going to be the wii yeah the reason being is that the wii is can be used like wii games can be used on the wii u which yeah. i own yeah uh the backwards compatibility of the wii is the GameCube, mm. which I own several of. Yeah, yeah. So there's no danger there, really. And yeah. Wii's are so prolific. Yeah, you could probably pick one up pretty. Oh, pardon me. You could probably pick one up pretty cheap if you um. Yeah, if you definitely. Want so definitely. So I, you know, I'll report back to see if I've actually done it next time. But I wanted to say it just to kick myself into gear. Now that you said it, you have to do it. So. Yeah, yeah, I just want to see how easy it is or how difficult. Or because I know nothing about this. I know nothing about firmware or software. Or hardware. I know a bit about hardware, but not yeah. modern hardware. So far, you've been mainly hardware modding, but getting into the firmware and messing around seems like yeah. a... I could really do some damage to my <laughs> to my uh, Wii. I'd love it. Actually, I think I'd, I'd like it more if you actually did brick it. <laughs> Just because it would be funny. Because but... then I could use it as a doorstop. Yeah. I'd probably get more use that way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Well, I look forward to hearing those tales. You've got, got a, lot, a lot coming up for you, so... Yeah. Um, I'm really glad your family is back. I think everyone listening to the show will be happy to hear that. Yeah, so. it's been a while. It's uh, it's, yeah. it's not wonderful mental health already, actually. Mm. Oh, you seem a lot. You seem a lot happier. Yeah, um, and yeah. a lot more sort of centered. So I'm also so a lot more good. tired as well. <laughs> it's funny. So it happens. Yeah, yeah. it happens. <laughs> All All right, right. Thank you very much for listening to Game Life Balance Australia episode 35, the stream of nonsense. It it started on a weird note. It did. It did. I think we managed to get it back a little bit on track. With the games. Um, yeah, politics Thanks and religion games. and things. It's always a funny way to go. But, hey, we, we um, this is just us. This is us being us. So, yeah. uh, if you like that. Me, me being genuinely curious, but also being a smart ass at the same time, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, I have to tread this line between, like, keeping it light and breezy, but also, like, not doing a disservice to my faith. So, it's like, okay, how do I handle this? Um, I th- I'd like to think that I get the balance right, but... Um, Balance, see? Yeah. Always keeping it, uh, yeah. keeping it on brand, Robert. Yes, game life... Uh, sorry, uh, God life balance. <laughs> That's the podcast I do on the side. <laughs> Can you imagine me on that show? With my real friends. <laughs>
just yeah. kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't that'd have that'd any be other Jesus, Holy Ghost, and God, would it? Yeah, yeah. Bizarre. Yep, they're my. They're my they're, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> they're my trinity of good friendshipness. Good friendshipness. I'm going to turn that into a show. Oh, dear. All right. Well, yes, do thank, thank you for listening. Um, Next uh, week, I, I want to say week, but next fortnight, we'll be back with uh, episode 36, our usual format with um, our featured game, our quiz and all that good yes, stuff. Yes, the quiz. Yes. The quizzy quiz quiz, Let's which just... was... <laughs> Conspicuously absent from some sort of pot. Why didn't you prepare a quiz, Rob? That's what I want to know. It was your responsibility uh, every week. It's my fault. I know it's my fault. Yeah. My family was back. I had absolutely no time to do this. You, you had a good excuse. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, um, thanks for listening, guys. Um, do um, you know, give us a good review if you, if you like the show. Um, Go to GameLifeBalanceUS.com. Yeah, listen, listen to their podcast. Their, They're pretty awesome. Their podcast is, is, is A1 fantastic stuff uh the 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 feed to the special uh game life guiden i did with cody yeah and chris is up on as well yeah so if you haven't checked that out go check that out that's actually a really fun podcast to listen to yeah, i've been really enjoying good. hearing it hearing you guys riff on on uh legend of zelda breath of the wild and also talking about weird things like justin timberlake and uh pro wrestling for some reason came up <laughs> that was uh, my fault this is actually so, my fault i know nothing about Pro wrestling, yeah. Other than the fact that someone gave birth to a glove. Yes. If you want to hear more about that glove, go to listen to that podcast. But I found it, I found it bemusing and, and funny. So that was good. Uh, all right. Well, yeah. Well, thanks for listening, all. And uh, I guess we'll see you next time for more fun antics. Fun antics. Patent pending. Fun antics. TM. Necrophilia. 